Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello again, everyone, and welcome into a free agency edition of the Jake and Josh Show. I am your host, Josh Houts. You can follow me on Twitter, at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. And I am joined by the one, the only, Jake Mendel. Follow him on Twitter, at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. Jake, lots to talk about. Not the big splash that we had hoped, but how are you doing today, man? And then we'll jump into all this free agency talk. Man, I'm doing great. I have to say, I'm having a lot of fun with free agency. I'm excited to talk about this stuff. I mean, I, I have to say the highlight of my day was going uh, full Charlie from Always Sunny. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. tweeted something about a second act, and then like 20 minutes later, Pro Football Network uh, tweeted something about how the Dolphins are going to be uh, trying to negotiate a, a contract adjustment for a linebacker uh, they just traded for, and we'll get into that shortly. But, Josh, I think we should start with the news that hasn't happened, and it goes right back to Pro Football Network, who is reporting that the Dolphins and Jets are the two top teams for Kenny Galladay, former Detroit Lions wide receiver. We've had some developments in the last couple hours here, uh, specifically that this the, the wide receiver market in general is really starting to drive fast. I mean, I was shocked personally two hours ago to see Emmanuel Sanders got a one-year $6 million deal. This offseason is crazy, and I mean, I guess we just need to get used to just expecting the unexpected. You mentioned the Pro Football Network report. I could be mistaken, but I think this came before the Corey Davis signing, so it's anyone's guess as to whether or not they still want Kenny Galladay. It sounds like the Jets have all the cap space in the world to make that happen if they choose, but uh, you know, right now everyone's just kind of waiting. We got Kenny Galladay out there. We got Curtis Samuel. We got Juju Smith-Schuster, and I think you and I kind of discussed it. If they want to go after a free agent wide receiver, coming away with one of those guys would be pretty awesome. So I know a lot of people are upset. You know, they expect them to go out there and make those big signings to do those big things, but uh, you know, it's just tradition. 
yeah, as per tradition, to be those off-season champs. But, you know, we just got to get used to it. This is a different regime, a different time. And, you know, Brian Flores kind of gave us that little hint. You know, he said you can't mm-hmm. always get what you want, but um, let's not panic because there's still some very good pass rushers out there like we'll talk about. And yeah, as we just said, you know, Kenny Galladay as well as Curtis Samuel and Juju Smith-Shooter and even Will Fuller. You know, there's still four right. very good wide receivers out there. So so don't panic. Let's see the way this thing sets up. But um, – uh, Josh, I gotta ask you about this. Uh, did you read these things about Galladay? Now there's negative press coming out about things that didn't end well with the Lions and and Patricia, and he's not going to go to the Giants because Joe Judge is there. What what it what is developing here about uh, New England guys and Kenny Galladay all of a sudden? And does that, in your opinion, do you feel have you gotten any sort of sense? I mean, I know this is so hard, and, and this is kind of the tough thing about the offseason is. Uh, there's some dirt thrown on people, and it's, some of it's justified, some of it isn't. But have you seen anything that that kind of this negative light that Galladay's kind of been shined in in the last couple hours? And we're recording this Tuesday night, eleven o'clock. I should put that out there too. Yeah, good call because we need to let people know when we're recording this stuff because it could drop any moment, anything could happen. But I mean, Albert Breer, I think, was some Sports Illustrated kind of touched on it, and I think it might have been an ESPN writer as well. But they said, you know, there was some falling out there, and the article that I was uh, forwarded from a Twitter handle, sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but they basically said, you know, that he liked a tweet about him being them firing Matt Patricia. So if that's, you know, this terrible, you know, looming cloud over Kenny Galladay's head, um, I think we're all at, at fault for that. But I mean, let's all be honest, Matt Patricia, his opinion should not have any say as to how Brian Flores feels. And Brian Flores, as we've seen time and time again, he doesn't care about what other people mm-hmm. think. I think to me, ultimately, the reason the Dolphins shouldn't go after Kenny Galladay, and I don't even know if you want to touch on this, but it's just because, again, as we've talked about before, I don't necessarily think that he's a scheme fit. I think they need to get a guy like a Curtis Samuel, like a Juju Smith-Schuster in there that can be that technician that can work inside and outside. I think Kenny Galladay is a lot like we see with Devontae Parker, but um, again, I don't know if we want to talk about it, but it reminds me of that same situation with the cornerbacks last year. Did they bring in Byron Jones in hopes of moving Xavier Howard? Could they bring in Kenny Galladay in hopes of eventually moving Devontae Parker? I mean, these are all questions that I have, but again, I think the Dolphins are in a very good situation, and if they get any of these top receivers, that'll be you know light years better than what Tua had to throw to last season. That's spot on, and the, the key here is uh, no matter what, what players you want the Dolphins to trade for, sign, whatever players you want the Dolphins to get rid of, um, it's all speculation, right? You got to kind of have fun with this stuff. If you're sitting on the edge and, and, you know, complaining or getting super excited about every deal, you're not necessarily doing this right. And with that, Josh, I, I don't know how you did this. I mean, you're older than me. I, you mentioned Pokemon on the show like twice and both times I could tell you had no idea what the hell you were talking about. Yet you hit the, the home run of the day here with the tweet, David Andrews is the final evolution of Daniel Kilgore. <laughs> David Andrews, the former New England Patriots center, uh, it was actually just reported about half an hour before we started uh, recording this that Andrews spent the entire uh, day Tuesday weighing offers from the Patriots, and now he's going to go test, see see what other teams want to do in free agency. The Dolphins have been making a push for him for a couple days now. So, so Josh, I want to ask you uh, two questions here. Why on earth were you so on point with that Pokemon reference and caused people to make some incredible uh, Bellsprout, Vile uh, Plume, or no, Bellsprout, Victory Bell, Photoshops, Slowbro Photoshops, those had me dying. Uh, so, so that's the first question. And number two, Rodney Hudson. And the floor is yours, my friend. Oh man, that that last part should get all Dolphin fans <laughs> excited. I know he doesn't fit this the timeline with some of these, you know, this offensive line. I think he's a little bit older, but this dude, I mean, you have it right here. Pro Football Focus gave him a 
93.6 pass blocking grade since 2015. I mean, uh, what the hell, man? Like, that's absurd. I mean, and then to think that he's a, would be an upgrade in the run game. So, absolutely, if they can find a way to make that work, go after Ronnie Hudson. But I think, you know, that's going to be a contract that maybe they aren't willing to pay. David Andrews, I mean, I sat there and I kind of teetered on whether I should tweet that. And I feel bad because, you know, as reception as that got, I mean, what else did I throw in my drafts that could um, <laughs> people could have enjoyed? But I sat there and I thought, you know, Daniel Kilgore, you know, they upgraded slightly with Ted Karras. And, I mean, it seemed like the similar player. And, you know, sure, they both have brown hair and a beard. But to me, they kind of look the same. And then I just saw David Andrews. And, again, this is a player I think is better than Karras. I think he's better than Kilgore. And he's just that next step up. So it just seemed like the perfect thing. And I think we talked about in the last podcast. Whether they sign David Andrews in free agency, whether they bring back Ted Karras, whatever they might, whatever that might be, they need to go out there and they need to spend a high draft pick on a center. And this class is loaded with talent. You're 100% right, Josh, and, and we're going to kind of run through a couple things here because we wanted to do this as more as a thin slider because we know information is going to come out um, pretty quickly over the next couple of days. We're looking, um, obviously, we'll do another thin slider if more news breaks, but we're going to look towards the weekend for, to do a more in-depth show. But, but Josh, you hit the uh, a great point that I'd like to chat about for a minute here when you mentioned uh, no matter what they do, if they go out and sign a center, which I, I'm very confident they're going to, um, not that I, I've talked to anyone who, who can confirm that for me, but I'm very confident in what Brian Flores does, and that's develops depth. That's something the Dolphins have not done in the—I'm going to say I became a quote-unquote intense fan or somebody who's done more covering of the team than just watching the team sit in about, like, 2010 through 2012. What Brian Flores is doing is developing so much depth so when you deal with injuries, there's no big concern. Your entire season isn't going to uh, be derailed. And that's why the Dolphins signed quarterback Jacoby Brissett uh, as the backup. He got $5 million guaranteed. Uh, the Dolphins also signed Rams running back Malcolm Brown, and it's about 2 to $3 million a year on that one. Um, they also signed special teams ace uh, Seathan Carter. I'm guessing I pronounced that wrong. I usually do. Uh, second straight year, the Dolphins have signed a special teams ace from Cincinnati. He has also caught seven passes in his career for 66 yards and a touchdown. That fits into that uh, wonky role the Dolphins like to use. He'll be the new Camus Grugier Hill uh, catching passes, uh, except it won't be from Matt Hawk, who signed with the Bills. But Josh, to wrap this all back around, I saw a take on Twitter that the Dolphins, you know, they spent about $10 million on these three guys, Carter, uh, Brown, and Brissett. And the take was people were annoyed that the Dolphins spent 10 mil on these guys compared to spending 10 mil on one good player. And I kind of wanted to digest that for a second and, and get your thoughts on that take, especially after you just said there that no matter what the Dolphins do at the center position, they're probably going to draft someone too. Yeah, I mean, for me, and I, you, it's hard to sit there and argue with what they were saying because, you know, it kind of does make sense. Why don't they go out there and get that big, you know, get a Corey Lindsley instead of spending these little things? But let's be honest, they needed, they were going to bring in a veteran running back regardless. They were going to bring in depth on special teams. And we knew they needed a veteran quarterback. As soon as, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Washington, it was official. They needed that quarterback. We know they had ties to Jacoby Brissett. So, yes, they sat here and they spent $10 million on three players. But at the end of the day, they were going to probably bring in depth at this positions regardless. So, you know, again, there's talent still out there. You know, there's tons of players that we could sit here and run through that the Dolphins could still be interested in where they could still go out there and make that splashy signing. So I, I'm not really up in arms about that. But I do think that, you know, fans are getting a little upset that they have, they're not going out there and making those big waves that some of these other teams are because let's be honest some of these deals right now I mean they look like steals and again the Dolphins have plenty of positions where they can look to upgrade 
You're 100 percent right right about that, but I, I think it's more of a bigger picture, and, and I think part of it too is that you know the the cap should be 30 million dollars more than it is right now. Um, that's a huge deal, and when I look at 10 million dollars, that's not a huge uh, part of your cap. And to go back to the fact that Brian Flores is building depth, uh, something I haven't seen in so long. Um, Josh, I'm going to take you back to a, a dark time. The year was 2017, and the Dolphins just just we're looking for high-end guys and then the draft came around and they couldn't find a defensive end and their hand was forced to draft charles harris so that's kind of where my mind went to when i instantly heard that take of signing these three depth guys uh, he is available charles Charles, he's still available. time is a flat circle uh four years later charles harris is on the open market uh but but the what i'm getting at here is that i don't want the dolphins come the draft and the draft is always bigger than free agency we saw how fast you can move someone like kyle van noy i'm I'm sure the dolphins are going to make more trades uh they they traded shaq lawson we'll get into that in a minute i'm surprised we've dropped this so low but that's just kind of how interesting uh things are developing for us here um I don't want them to be forced into a position where you have to take a Creed Humphrey at 18. I'm not saying that's a bad move, but I'm just saying, like, you you can't— I don't want them to pigeonhole themselves into one specific situation. So when I look at this running back room, Josh, uh, of Malcolm Braun, Salvan Ahmed, uh, uh, Miles Gaskin, if if you want to ride those three guys and and draft a running back in the third, fourth round, a guy you really like who's flying under the radar, compared to a Najee Harris, again, I'm kind of open to everything, but I want the Dolphins to have the flexibility to do that. And if you can do that instead of you know forcing yourself to take a wide receiver at three forcing yourself to take a running back at 18 and then of course take a you know alignment in the second a pass rusher in the second that is when you start to fail at the draft when you can't do the best player available obviously you're going to kind of focus on the needs you have there's going to be a tier of wants and, and needs but I like having this depth. I would rather have a Jacoby Brissett if he has to play two, three games instead of a um, some rookie in the third, fourth round, some Jake Rudock. You know, I, I mean, we had Matt Moore, who was actually for at one time the fifth or sixth highest guy on the, I paid guy on this roster, while the Dolphins just used the first round pick on Ryan Tannehill. I mean, there's just this is forward thinking. I, I understand the idea of of. Lindsay would have been great, but offensive linemen missed so many games. Um, I shouldn't say so many. It's it's definitely a perspective thing. But uh, they're playing in the trenches. I've said this like four podcasts now. You can't bank on them. So having that depth, I think, is really important. And I think that's what the Dolphins are going to be doing here. I, I wouldn't panic on the deals that have happened. I still think teams are going to try to work out more cap space to go sign other guys. I still think teams are going to try to uh, trade some guys, cut some guys. So, I mean, I, I'm pretty open and, and I'm enjoying the ride. I think free agency is going at a nice pace and it's enough to keep us chatting. Maybe this is just what we need to start expecting from free agency, you know, with the way things are. But um, I, th- I don't understand why people are upset about the Jacoby Brissett deal after, you know, Tyrod Taylor agreed to a deal that could be worth up to $12.5 million. And we can sit here and speculate, maybe we will at the end of the podcast just so people don't tune us out. But, um, you know, that just is a whole other conversation. But after that Tyrod Taylor deal, I mean, Jacoby Brissett, he's 28 years old. You know, again, he has a familiarity with this coaching staff. You know, he was working up there in New England. He started games in with Indy. You know, he's 12-20 and 20 as a starter. I know that's not great, but it's something. And, again, I 
I'm going to be honest, back when Brian Flores first got here, I was on Twitter banging the table for him. I thought this was going to be that starting quarterback. That turned into being Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I have no issue with that. The same thing with Malcolm Brown. As someone mentioned, you know, this is a New England team. You know, they kind of have different running backs for different situations. Malcolm Brown's a bruiser. I mean, some people are saying Jordan Howard. Okay, so he's probably making less than Jordan Howard. He's going to be more effective. He had five touchdowns last year. You know, he was that thunder to the lightning up there. And then I can't even talk about Carter because I admittedly have not watched a lot of him. But he seems like he could have a role there as well. So I have no issues with these signings. I think, Jake, you know, they go out there this um, you know, over these next few days, and they bring in that receiver. I don't know if it's going to be Curtis Samuel. I think he might end up pricing himself out of Miami. But, you know, they bring in a Juju. You know, they go out there, and they get that Jadavian Clowney. You know, he's still lingering around. What if he's the perfect fit for this defense? I know he mm -hmm. spurned this or, you know, said that he wasn't coming to Miami so many times. But now they got Benardrick McKinney here. And, you know, you he is a teammate of his, and, and they have a relationship there. Like you said, he's sitting here talking about restructuring his contract. So let's just sit back, relax, and trust the process. Because as we've seen before, like you said, they're going out there. They're making these small signings to free themselves up to, you know, they're bringing in depth. They're bringing in competition at every position. But again, like you mentioned, they're freeing themselves up to do whatever they want in the draft. And that's what that just what makes it so nice to have all that flexibility. Let's do it, Josh. Let's talk about McKinney here for a second. The Dolphins treated Shaq Lawson for the Texans linebacker who was a pro bowler in 2018. Uh, according to Adam Beasley, the contract situation before they restructure is is basically a wash. I actually thought the Dolphins were saving like a million dollars. But Shaq Lawson signed a three-year, $30 million deal. Um, I saw people after this trade saying that the 2020 free agent class was was kind of buns for the Dolphins. And I don't think that's fair. Uh, you look at them going 10-6. They were easy. They are able to kind of finagle themselves out of bad no with, with no scratches you trade Shaq Lawson for someone like McKinney and, and shout out to Pro Football Network and shout out to Matt Kanata uh everyone who listens to this podcast knows who that is it, it's pretty simple on that one he said during the Tunsil deal that Josh that that the Dolphins were pushing for McKinney in that deal and I remember people bashing Pro Football Network during the Tunsil talk saying no way no way you guys are just trying to get clicks I, and I mean the the you know the smoke is clearing a little bit and I, I hats off to them for getting that right uh, Brian Flores got that linebacker he liked. Uh, he missed last season, most last season, excuse me, with a shoulder injury. Like I said, he was a pro bowler in 2018. He isn't a big sack guy, but Josh, I got to tell you, I was watching the Rams game against the Dolphins the other day. Uh, one, it was funny that the game started with Van Noy being offsides. I chuckled at that. But you know what also happened in that game? Olandon Roberts tackled the dude through another dude, okay? And when I look at McKinney, I see that as the next level up. If, if Daniel Kilgore evolves into uh, Ted Karras, then Alandon Roberts evolves into Benardrick McKinney, right? And, and Roberts was awesome. I thought he was a great rotational guy for the Dolphins last year. And we brought it up. The Dolphins needed help on the inside. This really does that. The cap hit is 9.5 mil this year. 10.2, uh, excuse me, 9.5 is next year. 10.2 is the following year. And he can be cut at no cost following that. Um, like I said, he isn't a big sack guy. Uh, in 2018, he actually had seven pass uh, passes defended, so he's he fits that guy you want in the middle of the field. Rams game again, and we won't need Christian Wilkins catching the interceptions when we have a linebacker that can do it now. We do, and I mean, we may as well throw Raekwon McMillan in there, right? They went from Raekwon mm -hmm. to Roberts to now McKinney, so maybe that's the evolution there. And someone I asked like me, you know, it. is someone asked me, is he better than Raekwon McMillan? Is he the same type of player? And, and I got to be honest, I was very high on Raekwon McMillan. I liked him back at Ohio State, liked him throughout the draft process, loved him at Miami. But I think in my head, what I thought Raekwon McMillan was is what Bernardrick McKinney is. I mean, Actually, this guy is yeah. a thumper. He is very good in the run game. 
you know, he's average in the past game, but I mean, we're used to that. I mentioned that on Twitter, you know, everyone's sitting here saying he's bad in coverage. Have you seen what Miami's been dealing with here? I love this move. I, I mean, I hate to see Shaq Lawson go. I think, you know, we mentioned with Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy came to Miami, did exactly what was asked him. I think the same thing happened with Shaq Lawson. I mean, right. if the Dolphins were expecting to get more out of Shaq Lawson, I mean, again, I hate to say it. I, one of the first articles I did for the Finsider, you know, I sat there and broke down Shaq Lawson's tape, fell in love with the guy. I mean, this is the player that they signed him to be. He went out there and did it. To think that they could just swap that out with a linebacker again, who other people have touched on, impacts that defense far more than that position that they're going to eventually replace in free agency. I hate to see Shaq Lawson go, but this is a big-time playmaker. And like you said, 28 years old. The cap uh, hit is very friendly compared to you know what some of these linebackers could get on the open market, what some of these top linebackers are getting. I think he fits everything the Dolphins need, and I was ignorantly – hesitant to say this but is this the Dante Hightower of uh you know Brian Flores Miami Dolphins defense because you you mentioned Kanata and them talking about how this was somebody that they wanted in that Laramie Tunsil trade clearly you know whether it's if they bring in Jadavian Clowney I mean that could change everything because did they envision Davian Clowney and McKinney on this defense from day one I mean those are all questions I have but I love this move and I think again it just shows that the Dolphins you know they're not going to leave any stone unturned and I love this signing Again, it's so refreshing to see that. Um, I think we can say Kyle Van Noy. I think he played above average. Uh, I might be a little biased there based on um, the, what I've seen. Uh, but but Shaq Lawson was definitely okay. But it, it's very refreshing that the Dolphins aren't settling on okay. Right? It's the fact that they are not only not settling on okay, but they have the wiggle room, the flexibility, and they haven't even used any draft capital to make these moves to get better at any position. And that's something that they haven't done in such a long time. Uh, Joshua, let's take a quick break here. I think we have a couple things to talk about, including Vince Beagle, the horrendous 2017 draft. We're going to talk about Charles Harris again. We're going for the world record of times talked about in our podcast and maybe a little Sean Watson talk. So uh, we'll speak with you in a minute. This is Advertiser Content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And Jake, one thing I did not even mention when we mentioned Kenny Galladay was shortly after new Miami Dolphins backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett signed his contract, Kenny Galladay took to Instagram and tweeted, my guy, Jacoby Brissett, tagged him in it. These guys have a relationship from previously. So, uh, you know... I immediately tweeted it because what do we do now more than ever is we just jump at every little thing that we can. And I saw this and thought immediately, that means Kenny Galladay signing with the Dolphins. And, you know, his jersey's probably getting retired and he might even get a gold jacket. Let's call it a day right there. And there. Uh, yeah, speaking of uh, liking tweets there, man, Vince Beagle, he's back in town too. Uh, he signed a new deal with the Miami Dolphins coming he's back. After- hate. Everyone, everyone hates him. He's a heel now. <laughs> 
I hate speaking of heels. I mean, he's coming off an ACL injury. Oh, I, I meant to do that. Uh, but I find it wicked funny because yesterday early afternoon I tweeted at Barry Jackson. Shout out, uh, big homie Barry, who who responded to my tweet. I asked him like, "Are the Dolphins talking to Vince Beagle?" And he he said that it wasn't clear as of last week if the Dolphins were bringing back Beagle. Lo and behold, two hours later on the first day of free agency, the earth was moved and Ben Spiegel is back with the Miami Dolphins. So I'm excited to see him. I think he has a very uh, high ceiling. I, I like him and Van Ginkle together. Speaking of that Rams, Rams game, Van Ginkle, before his uh, fumble recovery for six, he actually dropped an interception. Uh, those are my little facts. Um, Devon Godshaw. Signed a deal to go to New England. That means the entire 2017 Miami Dolphins draft class is no longer with the team. Josh, that's what happens when you have to draft needs, right? Charles Harris, Raquan McMillan, uh, Tankersley, Isaac Asiata, who I believe is a police officer now, uh, Godshaw, Vincent Taylor. I think Vincent Taylor just signed a new contract. Yeah, that's pretty exciting sure. good for him i always liked him uh so yeah i mean it just kind of it's worth putting into perspective don't forget isaiah ford don't leave don't leave isaiah <laughs> ford's name off that list did he sign a contract but, somewhere no no but he's one of that class so maybe he comes back and, and keeps that little bit of hope of that 2017 draft class for Jake the, let me ask uh, you some people you know they sit there and they blame tannenbaum others go you know they blame greer so who are we supposed to fault for this because you know people seem to give Greer a pass for this at times while others, you know, bash all over him. Adam Gase. That's it. (laughs) There you go. Send it in. There you go. Adam Gase. Adam Gase. Well, you mentioned Vince Beagle. Last time we saw him, I think he was putting some okey-doke, like, spin move on his brother, like, took his soul. (laughs) Do you remember that? The Dolphins, like, official account were, like, dunking on him. But the last time that happened, you know, shortly after Vince Beagle at some point liked or posted a, a picture of Deshaun Watson in a Photoshop, and Jake, there's so much going on right now. Deshaun Watson's trending on Twitter. I mean, as soon as Tyrod Taylor, and maybe it's just me, but with the Dolphins being so quiet, you know, part of me just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and just thought, you know, are they going to do this? Are they going to hit that button and just do the unexpected and go after Deshaun Watson? But, Jake, so much is coming out. Tyrod Taylor signed with Houston Texans. A lot of people think that's an indication that he could be starting there. So tell me your thoughts on Deshaun Watson. Tell me everything Dolphin fans want to know because um, there's still there's still civil war between whether or not we should trade for Deshaun or even acknowledge that he exists, and it's just crazy to me. Uh, it's ironic uh, because at the civil war, there's still some people on uh, the losing side who won't admit they lost. Uh, and so that's why I'm not even going to like talk about if they should or shouldn't. That's not really a conversation worth having. But Tyrod Taylor, I mean, uh, backup who can start if needed, right? Uh, that's kind of been his role throughout his career. Um, I don't know really the Jacoby Brissett signing, the Tyrod Taylor. I don't think either of those can really give us any hint. I like your thinking, though, of waiting. This is them waiting for something big. They're not locking up a lot of money in case they need to make a deal. Um, but, Josh, we're recording this at 1120 at night. Um, and I have to say there is this high up uh, lawyer in Texas. I think this is worth it's certainly newsworthy. A high up uh, lawyer in Texas is Facebooking. It looks like uh, Instagramming something about how he is filing a lawsuit uh, against the Sean Watson for sexual misconduct. Uh, this is really breaking as I am saying it. So we don't really know what's going on here. Um, it's really just an Instagram post. I haven't heard anything else about this, but um, that's tough. I mean, uh, people are trying to get comments from Watson's camp right now about this uh, quote-unquote law, or this, I shouldn't, three, two, one. 
there are people trying to get comment from Deshaun Watson's camp right now about a lo- the lawsuit being filed against him alleging sexual assault. Uh, it was filed by a Houston attorney who kind of went on a rant about how he was a Marine and he's not scared. And he's went on about his parents or something. It, it's it's very unusual. Uh, it, it's tough timing. We hope these things aren't true. I mean, everything I've heard about Deshaun, he's just a uh, 25-year-old who I, all I do is read stories about him giving out meals in Texas uh, and being a stand-up guy. Uh, so we hope these aren't true, but this is going to have to be something we follow because uh, these aren't things you can't you, you can't just brush off. No, you can't. And again, we're not going to speculate on it too much. What we can talk about is Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald just wrote an article. In it, there was this little snippet. He said the belief, belief around the league is the Dolphins have two plans in place. One of those could be that the Dolphins are laying the groundwork to trade for Deshaun Watson in the franchise's most consequential transaction since Miami surrendered first-round draft pick for Don Shuley. He then went on a couple paragraphs later to say a bunch of stuff, you know, about the Dolphins not addressing, you know, the receivers, you know, not bringing in a center for the offensive line. He then went on to say, put it all together, and the Dolphins are keeping their powder dry, and the belief by NFL insiders is it's to make a run at Watson. Jake, I know we just talked about it, and again, I just don't know if it's because everything's just so quiet because we're not hearing anything about Watson other than what we just reported is could this possibly happen? I mean, I, I don't know. We talked about it all off season. Could this possibly happen? Jake, give me your, give me your percentage. If this was a pie chart, dolphins getting, getting Deshaun Watson, give me the percentage. Uh, it really comes down to what Houston wants to do. It's interesting that the Texans and Dolphins are already making deals because you know you know these conversations have been had. Uh, the the rumors of not taking calls. I don't know how true that is. Um, I think my favorite part about this whole thing, obviously, I, I expect them to chase Watson depending on the price. I, I, I mean, who wouldn't? You need to have these conversations. Uh, you need to go through these rumors. You need to go through this process. I mean, you would not be doing your job as a general manager, as a head coach, if you weren't doing that. But the my favorite blurb of this is uh, <laughs> the Dolphins are now one of the most fiscally disciplined teams in the league and are waiting for available players to grow desperate in a buyer's market, creating the opportunity for great value. Josh, that is music to my ears because these guys, uh, Debo Samuel, Will Fuller, if these guys sign one-year, two-year deals with Miami, not only are they going to finish out that contract, the Dolphins are going to get a compensation pick on the other side. And that that is absolutely fantastic. If they trade for Watson, like I said, man, it's, it's a civil war. You're, we're, we're not going to get anywhere talking about that. I, like I said before, I'm really open to whatever the Dolphins want to do. I'm not going to – I'm going to wait for the whole product to really be put together before I start, you know, judging left or right. But, man, this is this has been a wild ride. This has been um, – more than more than a fin slider. Good thing it's after nine o'clock and and appetizers are half price, right? Yeah, because we would not be able to afford our our appetizers. <laughs> this thing went much longer than we expected, but I think it's because you know Give we kind of waited and we waited and we thought that we thought this receiver was going to get signed. It didn't happen. So my final thoughts are simple. I am very intrigued to see what happens before the NFL's off season or sorry, the 2021 season officially starts. I mean, I just kept thinking, if this trade goes down, if anything huge goes down, could you just imagine being there watching Ian Rappaport just come on at 4 o'clock or 4.30, whenever it is, and just break this, like they said, the this insane trade, biggest trade in franchise history. But, Jake, let's be honest, that's probably not going to happen. The Dolphins are going to sign a center. I believe they'll bring back Ted Crass. I believe they may get David Andrews. And then I think they're going to get one of these receivers. I think there's too much smoke there. I think, you know, the way this market seems to be setting up, 
they're going to have great opportunities to bring in playmakers. So I think the Dolphins are going to continue down this process. They're going to continue to be smart. Like you said, that number one, they did lay out two plans there, and I definitely went with the Deshaun Watson one to start it out. But that first one sounds so great. The Dolphins are just waiting. They're letting the market dictate itself and then going out there getting these players that, again, are scheme fits, versatile, and fit everything that Brian Flores wants. So my final thoughts are I'm excited. Trust the process. I mean, it looks like they're doing what they're doing. Guys, thank you so much for bearing with us here. I hope you guys enjoy the show on your commute to work or wherever you're listening. Uh, Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you want to know the next time a show hits the airwaves. Hit that subscribe button, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, Be sure to leave us a review. We like those things. We laugh at those things. We got one recently, a five-star, just saying uh, we do – they like – said we do great work yada yada we appreciate all that stuff um it's late i will give you an official formal shout out next show uh i'm tired what can i say josh uh be sure to follow him on twitter for, for his pokemon gifts he can be found at at house h-o-u-t-z i'm at jmendel94 catch us on twitter for the up-to-date uh news and hey Welcome to the Finsider. Give us a couple clicks over there. Uh, go into those message boards. I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun. Hey, Josh, thank you so much for doing this, buddy. I mean, it's getting late, and there's nobody else I'd rather rain at dolphin, rain about dolphins sober at midnight than with you. I agree, man. And like we always say, fins up. Fins up. Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins